Come on, high five your neighbor and just tell him I'm happy to be here today. Come on, come on. I'm excited. I'm excited. Somebody say, I'm excited. Come on, you may be seated. You may be seated in his presence. I thank God that he's here. I thank God for my friend Ricardo. Mr. Vargas came down from New York to spend the morning with us. Pastor Rick. He's in our hearts all the time, and we thank God for him. Amen? I've got a couple of questions for you. A couple of questions. I want you to be honest with yourselves today. Amen? How many of you want to live in God's promises? How many of you want God's blessings in your life? Anybody? How many of you want God's prosperity in your life? How many of you want God's forgiveness? How many of you want God's joy? That's good, right? You want God's courage? You want God's strength? God's protection? You want God's, you know, just power in your life? Is that you? Just say yes. I don't know about you, but I want all that God has for me. And I was reading a scripture this past week, and I figured out how to get everything God has for me with one scripture. Are you ready for this? I will give you the key to unlock all the promises of God. This is probably one of the most important sermons you will ever hear in your life. I have the key to unlock all of God's promises. Nobody's excited. They're like, wait a minute, Pastor. You usually get us, so I want to wait a little while before I get excited. Matthew chapter 22, verse 34 through 40. Matthew 22, verse 34 through 40. And I'll be reading from the New International Version, and it says this. Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, the Pharisees got together, and one of them, an expert in the law, tested him with this question. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Somebody say the greatest commandment. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all of your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And just like Jesus, he gave him the second greatest. And he said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40, probably one of the most important scriptures in the Bible. All the law and the prophets, meaning all 66 books of the Bible, hang. Meaning they're suspended on these two commandments. Come on, let's pray. Grab your hand of your neighbor. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, dig deep into our hearts today, Father God. Expose the good soil that we know is there, Father God, that we would deposit a seed that would take root in this place, God. That it will take root in our hearts, God. That it would provoke us to change and provoke us to action and that it would shatter our complacency in you, God. Shake us to our core, Father, as we open your word today. Let the church say amen. amen. And so here's Jesus in Matthew, the 22nd chapter, and Jesus is debating and he's answering questions with the Sadducees, which is a religious faction in Israel. And, and what happens is he completely confounds them. He completely embarrasses them, and they all run away. And now their rival, the Pharisees, get together and say, well, now let's try ourselves to confuse Jesus. And so they sent an expert in the law, someone who was superior to whom the Sadducee had sent, and they asked him one question, Master, Rabbi, what is the greatest commandment? Knowing there's ten, they made him choose one and trying to confound him. And he said, listen, the greatest commandment is that you would love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and with all your soul. And the second is like it, that you would love your neighbor as you love yourself. For all the law is hung 
on these two. Not only is it the first, he said, but it is the greatest. Somebody say greatest. Of all the things God declares in the scripture, from Genesis to Revelations, right here he declares the most important thing out of the entire book is that you would love God with everything inside of you. Tell your neighbor, love God. This is the big one right here. Love God with all your heart. This means to love him with all your power, that he would be the supreme affection of your heart. God should be placed above all things. He should come first on any list in your life. He should be your number one priority, not work, not career, not husband, wife, children. It should be God. If you would put God first, it would reorganize your priority list. Get yourself off the top and put God in there. Sin is nothing but selfishness. Sin glorifies self. When we sin, we put ourselves first. We're number one because we satisfied ourselves above God. Somebody say ourselves. God should be placed above all things, and you should be willing to give all you possess at a moment's notice if God led you to. Got three people. Everybody's like, yes, amen, yes, just not that one. Not this one, Pastor. We don't want to do that. We just want to love God when it's comfortable. I want to love God when it's convenient. I want to love God with my weakness, but not my strength. With all your soul, he says. Love me with all of your soul. Your soul is the very breath of God, the ruach of God. In Genesis chapter 1, or rather chapter 2, God breathed into man and gave him his ruach, his breath of life. And he says, love me with your soul, meaning love me with all of your life. Your very existence should be committed to him. He says, love me. He declares, love me with your life. Love me with your strength in your life. And just love me. Whatever you do, he says, just love me. He said, I gave you this life. I gave you. I breathed that breath into you. Now breathe it back to me through your praises, your worship, and love me. Love me, God says. David said, I sing a new song. I, I sing. I give the Ruach back to God. The whole Bible, if I can sum it up in a few words, is God's just trying to get back to him what belongs to him. There's a part of God that he can never recover, and those are the saints that go to hell. But God's entire plan is when he breathed his breath into you, he wants to recover. And so he sent his son to redeem your life. Because God wants to be complete again. Without him, you're not complete. Somebody say amen. amen. Love him with your mind, your intellect, your intelligence. Love God with it. Be willing to read, to learn about God. Be willing to know him in prayer, in the intimacy of fasting and prayer, and just turning to him in intercessory prayer. Turn your mind over to him. Allow God to be dominant in your life. Somebody say amen. amen. We should study God, read about God, and learn about him. To turn over all our intellectual capacities in that God might be first. And so if I put him first in my mind, my mind has to go with my heart. And so my heart tells my soul what to do. And if I can line those three up and love God, I will have achieved the greatest commandment. The book of Mark translates that we should love God with all of our strength. All that we're good at. If you're good at singing, you should love God with it. My Uncle Robert, he's good with numbers. He does all the church's finances. He loves God with his strength and maths. You get that? If you're good at carpentry, you should love God with it. Minister Melvin paints the church. He has a gift of painting. It's a gift. It's a strength. He loves God with it. You should love God with all your strengths. Whatever you're good at, whether it's just, you know, working nice with people, whether it's just, you know, being cordial, whether it's you know how to build stuff, you can paint. Maybe you can just tear stuff down. A lot of Christians are good at tearing stuff down. When I need some demo, I'll call you. God desires that you would love him with what you're good at. Does that make sense? Love him with what you're good at. Whether it's cleaning, 
No amens. Whether it's cleaning out a basement, we should love God with that. Are you good at organizing? Every church needs organization. Love God with it. It's the truth. We should love God with everything in our lives. Many times we only love God with our weakness. When your child cussed you out and now you're just hurt. When someone came and broke your heart, then we run to God. When you're broke and have no money because you don't know how to manage it, then we run to God with all of our weaknesses, but we never love God with our strengths. The greatest commandment is to love God, not with your mouth, but with your actions. Jesus deals with this when speaking to a group of Pharisees that were accusing him of breaking the law of healing people on Sundays. And Jesus said this, you hypocrites, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. These people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are just rules, but taught by men. Many Christians, we love God with our lips. You ever seen one of those singers? I, a lot of scandals come out with professional singers. They're singing, and the music goes off, and the, uh, rather something happens, and like the, everything goes wrong, and, and they find, just to find out they were lip singing the whole time. And people were just talking about them all on E and everything, and, and this and that, and MTV, and now they were joking, this and that. I would wonder how many of us are lip-loving God. Our hearts are so far from God. Our hearts are so far. All of our words say we love God, but our actions speak otherwise. You see, I've told you before, words are the commodity of heaven. There's nothing more valuable in the world than your word. And so when you keep your word with God, God honors you. And so if words echo in heaven, actions echo on earth. And so your actions just speak as to what you want to see God do in your life. If you want to see God move in your life, you should move in God. Love him with all your heart, not just your mouth. Jesus declares the second greatest commandment is to love your neighbor as yourself. This is tough. Not only am I to love God, and I'm not supposed to be a fake, fickle, double-minded, lukewarm, sin-loving, half-hearted, weak-willed, complaining, crying, bickering, hypocritical Christian... But I got to love my neighbor too, so I can't be fake, I can't be fickle, I can't be like a double-minded person just back and forth. I love God here, I love God on Sunday, Monday I don't. I even have to love other people, not just anyway. I got to love you like I love myself. I got to pray for you as I pray for myself. I have to care about others the way I care about myself. You mean if I walked by that homeless man and didn't help him, I failed? Yes. Pastor, you mean to tell me that I, that all my blessings are hinged upon how I love other people that I hate? All the blessings of God are hinged upon the people you gossip about. Got quiet. I have to be there for people who can't even afford to be there for me? Yes. I mean, we, you guys are a little quiet now. A minute ago, I want God's promises. I want his blessings. I want money. I want outpouring. I want the heavens to open up. I want my kids to have good grades, go to college, meet great men and women. I want all these things, but I don't want to do what I have to do to get it. Because when I'm talking to you about loving God, you're just like, uh, ooh, ah, e. It's like a sound bar. Ooh, ah, e. I know I wouldn't allow myself to be hungry, so I have to feed that beggar I walk by. Yeah. I mean, I have to humble myself and give to others the way I give to myself? Yeah. You mean I might not have to, have to do so much for myself so I can do for others? Yes, yeah. Isn't that crazy? God wants you to love other people the way you love yourself. 
You mean I have to love that brother or sister in the Lord who I judge and dislike for no real reason? Because of stuff I heard from other people that I never saw with my own eyes? And I hate them for it? And I got to love God through that? Well, that's tough. That's not popular. We're better off just sticking with our cliques and just hating each other. That works better, right? And we'll all stay broke. We'll all stay unblessed. I mean, does that sound better? And so everything in the law, everything, all the blessings of God, every promise of God, every promise of God is hinged upon if you can love God and love your neighbor. There's no way to unlock the blessings of God unless I love God with everything that I am. I'm not talking about this fake superficial love. Not a lukewarm love that we are accustomed to. I'm not speaking of a love for God that as long as I can feel comfortable loving God, as long as it doesn't push me outside of my comfort zone, not that love that we, are, you know, that we, we have as long as we don't really have to change. Because real love makes you change. Real love makes you stop sinning. If you can't stop sinning, you haven't loved God enough. Let that sink in for a little bit. wasn't popular, but it's okay. I'm not talking about that kind of love that I'll do it as long as I don't have to give too much of my money, of my time. I don't want to bless somebody. I just want to be here and be served. I just want to get from God. I, I love coming to church on Sunday because it makes me feel so good. That's foolishness. Church on Sunday should not make you feel good. It should make God feel good. If anything, we should come to feel bad about ourselves, about how wretched we are, how great he is. Not the love where I'll give, you know, as long as it doesn't hurt my way, the way that I live my life. I'll, I'll, I'll help others as long as it doesn't impinge or infringe upon my lifestyle. I'm not talking about that love that never provokes you to seek more of God. Not the love where I'll love God, but I'll still drink and smoke and do what I want because in my eyes, it's not wrong and we never realize our eyes don't count. Not that love where I'll go out all weekend long but come to church on Sunday. Not that kind of love. The love that drives you to change. That love that when you met that guy, that girl that you said, man, things are different. I don't want to hang out like I used to. I don't want to do what I used to. They're worth investing my time into. That's the kind of love God wants. The love that you feel that is worthy of an investment into someone's life. Not a love where I love him but never serve him or do anything. Or maybe I do stuff for God but I do it grudgingly. Or come to church mad or pray upset or read the Bible because I have to. Sing because it's what is expected of me. Teach a Sunday school class because I, I, I have to. Serving and teaching about a God that we don't even love. But trying to get others to love him the way we're supposed to. You know, I was studying this scripture over and over, and I said, you know, Lord, there's got to be something more to it than just love. And, and I looked into the Greek, and I began to read the actual scripture in Greek, and the word used for love is the word agapeo, not to be confused with the word agape. And this word agapeo doesn't mean love at all. It's a bad translation. It does not mean love at all. Actually, what it means is that you would actively serve with all of your heart, that you would actively, lovingly serve. God. So God says, don't love me. I don't want you, because love is cheap. Our love is cheap. He says, I want you to actively serve me. Agape, oh, the Lord your God, with all your heart. Serve him with your heart. Serve him with your mind. Serve him with your soul. And then serve your neighbors as you serve yourself. He's not talking about just loving him. Our love is disgusting. Our love has become perverted and infested in this society. He says this, this word agape it was rather more a call to action, not just a call to affection. 
It's, it's, actually, it's the word caring and obeying put together. No amens there. Have to care about God and then obey God. Tell somebody next to you, I care about you. And then, furthermore, the words that are like this word, the words that are like this word is helpfully, lovingly, thankfully, obediently, not grudgingly, not muttering, not bickering, not crying, not complaining, not hypocrisy. Genuine love for other people. Genuine love. And, and you have to understand this. God does not want you just to say you love him. Not, he wants them all to actually do something for him through their love. God says, serve me. All the blessings that I have for you, all the promises of God are hinged upon your ability to love God and to love people around you. And that love means loving through your service. You're serving right now, Janet. You're being ushered. You're serving. Thank you. That's what God wants. You didn't come here this morning. You didn't complain. You didn't bicker. At least I didn't hear you crying about it. Ricky, thank you. You're in the sound booth right now. I don't have to call you every Sunday and be like, are you coming? You're serving God. Thank you, Ivan. Thank you, Carlos. Thank you. For those of you who serve God, but those of you who don't, God says, listen, serve me with your abilities. Serve me. Don't do less because you're busy. Do more. Unbusy yourself. There's nothing in this world that important that we miss a relationship with our creator. And so God says, listen, listen, I just want you to care about me. You know, I've explained it to you like this. The other day I had a house guest come in. I had a pastor, um, Josh, from uh, Pastor P's church, and he came up. He's an old friend of ours, and he was staying at my, my apartment in one of my spare bedrooms. And um, I was preparing the bedroom. I put the bed in there. I was getting everything ready, and, and my wife kept on getting on me to put the curtains up, and I I don't want to put the curtains up. And she kept on, put the curtains up. And I want to put the curtains up. Put the curtains up. So needless to say, I went to go put the curtains up. And so as I went to put these curtains up, I, I put one hook in the corner. And I had all my drills. I had my drill, my countersink drill bit. I had my, my Phillips drill bit. I had the screws. I was all ready. I put all the screws on top of the window still, so I wouldn't have to go back to the bed to get them. I don't want to get off the ladder. You know, it's a two-step ladder. It would be too much to get back down. <laughs> you wouldn't know what I mean. It's just like, you know, one, two steps. Real little ladder. It's this high. But I didn't want to climb back down. So I got everything ready, and I drilled my holes. I marked it all out. It was all pretty. And so I put the first screw in, and I put the second screw in, and I put it all up. And on those two hooks, they're very little hooks, very, very, I could bend them with my hands. On those two hooks, I hung the curtains. And no matter how heavy the curtains are, those two little hooks will hold it. Without those hooks, the whole curtain rod and curtain would fall. Kind of like a Christian life. Without the loving God and loving people, everything else would fall. Without loving God and loving people, nothing will be held up in your life. You might have short-lived success. You might have short spurts of a loving God. You might have short spurts of a spiritual high. But you will always break down. You will always fall to pieces. You will always find yourself struggling financially. You will always find yourself struggling spiritually, emotionally. If you don't have the hooks of love for God and love for people. Love God with all of your heart. Serve him. Serve him willingly, diligently. The Bible says he is a rewarder of those who seek him, right? That's not what it says. No, it says those who seek him diligently, who seek him continuously. 
Not when it seems good, not when it seems fun, not when you want to, but every day, every way, every how. If you feel like crap, oh well. If you feel like a butt, oh well. Serve him. God says, just love me. I created you so you can love me. I created you so special, the angels were jealous. They were looking down and see, what is he doing? Why are they so special? Understand, God loves you. Just two commandments. Love me with everything you have. And then love your neighbor. Galatians 5, 13. I'm reading from the Message Bible. The apostle writes to the Galatian church, it is absolutely clear that God has called you to live a free life. Somebody say amen. That's worth celebrating right there. It's clear God has called you to live a free life. Just make sure you don't use this freedom as an excuse to do whatever you want to do and destroy your freedom. Rather, use your freedom to serve one another in agapeo, in, in the servitude love, the servitude love of God. Anybody ready for that? That's how freedom grows. For everything we know about God's word, somebody say everything, is summed up in one single sentence, people. Love others as you love yourself. But that's an act of true freedom. Could you imagine how you could change the world if you began to love other people around you the way you love yourself? Could you imagine what a change would take home, rather, what, what a change would take hold in your home if you would love the people in your home the way you love yourself? If children would love their parents the way they love themselves, if parents would love their children the way they love themselves. Some parents don't love their kids the way they should. That's a sad reality. If we can love each other in the church the way God loves us, the way we love ourselves. If we can care for our brothers or sisters in Christ. If we can care for the homeless man, the beggar. If we can care for, that, for those people who don't have. That we know they're lacking and we say, oh man, I'm going to pray for them. Walking up to a hungry man with a prayer rather than a sandwich. It's foolishness. That's not the gospel. Jesus did not say, go pray for everybody. He didn't say, get everybody to get slain in the spirit, wiggle around and fall on the floor. He said, love them, serve them. Whatever they lack, give it to them. For what you use the least of these brothers, you do unto me. If you want to start this year off a little differently, I would challenge you to love people. I guarantee you what's missing in your life, if you're finding lack, is love. You may say, I don't see it, but I'm telling what the word says. If you're having lack, it is not God's desire for you to have lack. It is not God's desire for you to have lack. Somebody say that. It's not God's desire for me to lack. Tell your neighbor, it's not God's desire for you to lack. Come on, stand with me. It's not God's desire that you would lack, but that you would love. Come on, every head bowed, every eye closed. Just two commandments, he says. Just two commandments. He said, just love me. Just love me. 
Come on, begin to tell him right now, you know, Lord, I do love you. Talk to him right now, Lord, I want to I work towards your, your kingdom. Lord, I want to really just have an impact on people's lives. Lord, I want to love people the way you love me. I want to be able to walk up to somebody who I can't stand and tell them, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. I've judged you improperly. I've judged you improperly. And I've been talking about you. I've been doing this. That's real love. That's love. That is love. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. I want to serve you with my love. Lord, I want to serve you in my actions. Lord, I want to serve you not with my mouth, but with my whole heart. Come on, with my whole heart. David said, with my whole heart, with my entire heart, have I loved the Lord with my whole heart. Everything within me. <coughs> Come on, that's you. You say, Pastor, I don't know that kind of love. I want to know that right now. Lift your hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Say, Pastor, I want to, I want to know that love right now. Thou begin to serve the Lord my God. I've known him for years, but I haven't known him. I've known about him, but I know maybe I never met him the way I'm meeting him right now in my chair. I feel him right now. I feel his presence all about me. I feel the Holy Ghost calling upon me. I feel him tugging at my soul. He's been calling me. He's been beckoning at me. But this is my year. This is my year. I'm going to overcome this year. This is it. I'm not going to hang around those people who keep on bringing me down. But I'm going to run to the cross. I'm going to run to the cross today. I'm going to run to the cross today. Awaken us right now, Holy Spirit. Awaken us, Holy Spirit. Awaken us, Holy Spirit. Come on, if that's you, lift your hands and say this prayer with me today. Dear Heavenly Father, I want to love you with my actions and not my mouth. Lord, I want to love you and love my neighbors how I love myself. Give me the courage to beg forgiveness for myself and that I may go and forgive others. Father, give me the strength to walk this walk the way you desire. For in my heart, I know you're here. And I know you're the only way. You are the life that I need, that I am missing. And I need you more than anything. Begin to talk to him right now. Whatever, whatever you're struggling with, I sense in my spirit that people are struggling. Begin to talk to the Lord right now. Come on. Begin to worship him right now. We're the worshipers in this place. Just a few minutes to spend worshiping him right now. Lord, I turn over these addictions, Lord. I turn over hurts and pains to you. Turn it over to him right now. Jesus. Jesus. Come on, begin to talk to him, church, right now. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, Holy Spirit. Jesus. Come on, begin to worship him. Just talk to him right now.
Father God. Come on, some hallelujah. Hallelujah. Holy, holy. God Almighty. Come on, who is worthy? Come on, there's none. Tell him there's none. Come on, you're God Almighty. Yeah. Hey. 
mountains shake before him, evil run and flee. At the mention of his name, King of majesty, there it is. 